Hello. Welcome to our fifth official coffee break where Sif and I discuss bones. Again. In this episode, I'll be telling Sif about sketchy bone practices that have happened. So with that, I'm Theo. My pronouns are they, them. I'm Sif. My pronouns are she, her. And um, so the reason we're discussing bones again is because we both have praxis with hell um, and treating the dead with respect is extremely important to us. And I don't know, I'm just, I'm going to make Sif really sad with some, uh, in my opinion, very poor bone practices. So with that, I will personally admit that as someone who adores bones and does have animal bones, I desperately wish I had human bones. Like, they fascinate me. I love them. However, I personally find that there are few to no ways to actually morally obtain human bones. So I will likely never own any, which, you know, makes me sad. But also I can't I, I just can't overlook that moral standpoint for me. The two stories we'll be covering today happen to have taken place in the U.S. And surprise, surprise, one of them originated on Facebook and the other originated on TikTok. Ooh, what a thought. Mm. <laughs> yeah, this is why we can't have nice things. Okay, like, ugh. so, okay, that was, you know, I would say that's my salt for the episode, but I, I would be lying. Get your salt and pepper shakers out. And pepper. <laughs> when salt isn't enough. Exactly. Sif, as far as I understand, doesn't know a lot about these two instances, these two uh, chains of events. So I'm going to make Sif cringe a little bit. Are you ready for this, Sif? I am ready to cringe. All right. So first, we're going to start with New Orleans, specifically with the case related to Ender Darling. So I love New Orleans. It is one of my favorite places that I've ever been. I desperately want to visit again. It has amazing cultures and just it's it's so vibrant and fantastic. This specific bone theft grave robbery started around 2015. And uh, I do want you to understand that this is not an isolated incident in New Orleans. Um, but like grave robbing, as it bluntly, I will call it, is not horribly uncommon. I don't know if you're aware of how the graves w generally work in New Orleans. So New Orleans is a swamp. Right. It's basically like it's right next to the Gulf of Mexico. Um, it's a fishbowl kind of deal. So like the ground is super wet. So normally when you're buried, you're buried in kind of some, there's a couple different types, um, but generally an above ground crypt. And I'm not talking necessarily like a crypt, like a little building you walk in, you all have your own little space. Like I'm talking like rectangular, tall sided one, it's like just a single space and the bodies are put in there and because they just they decay really quickly. So when another person in the family dies, the families all generally share that crypt and you just put the next person on top of it. That's just kind of how right. it works. I do have a frame of reference. A crypt like that was in uh, American Horror Story Coven. Yes, they were in New Orleans for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. There we go. Yeah. And so... These graveyards, like a lot of New Orleans, just beautiful, really well decorated. I walked through a ton of them. 
took so many pictures and they're some of my favorite graveyards. Anyways, some of them are extremely famous. However, as you can imagine, that can be a little expensive to do. So when you're poor, you are often buried in a more quote-unquote traditional for America way where you're just put in the ground. Because the, the crypts are, they're quite expensive, especially because they have to last a really long time. Um, and also not to mention the upkeep on them. The issue is, uh, you know, it's swampy, so it's really wet. And when the rains come, it swells. And um, a lot of the older below ground graveyards, every single time it rains, various chunks of bones come up. Teeth, skull fragments, etc. I'm sure you can imagine. Mm. So with that, Ender Darling would, like every time it would rain, and sometimes just once a month, depending, they would go through the graveyard near their house that was, um, to quote them, called the Poor Man's Graveyard, um, which is extremely well known in that area. It's, it's actually a, it's a highly targeted spot for this kind of thing. But I'm sure you can also... Like, uh, so being the poor man's graveyard, I'm sure you can also imagine who would be more likely to be buried there due to systematic oppression and all that jazz. But that's only part of the point. So they would go through, they would pick up these bones of these family members or these loved ones who had been buried there, you know, eternal rest, all that jazz. They would pick them up, take them home and use them in spells. More specifically, hexes were what a lot of them were used for. So they would use these spells for themselves, um, and then they started attempting to sell them to other people through Facebook, which is how they got caught. Oh. And they, yeah, um, so they felt that because the bones were exposed via the rains and everything, that nature was gifting these bones to them, and therefore it was all totally okay to do this. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, right. Um <laughs> They were eventually caught because someone saw their post on Facebook and was like, yo, bro, that's not cool. And like asked a lot of people they knew or were their friends or whatever. I don't have Facebook, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> asked people, they were like, can you repost this and get like more eyes on this? And they did. And, you know, they were outraged because it's grave robbery. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. So as I said before, so like that is a common targeted area. And this is not a a one-time thing that happens in New Orleans. Just kind of, I wanted to acknowledge that case because um, it is kind of common for like bone practices like that to happen for like, make that sound like everyone's doing it. But yeah, right. what, do you, what do you think, Sif? Wow. <laughs> Despite the fact that you led in with the fact that social media was really the kind of responsible for revealing this person, I was still expecting you to say in 1912. <laughs> <laughs> Great robbing to me just seems very, it's just crazy to think that it ha still happens to this day. Oh, um, yeah. In the yeah, US. Just, yeah. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Probably in the UK. <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe, maybe sometime <laughs> if people like this episode, you can find instances and you can tell me about them. <laughs> find instances in your country. Or, you know, if someone oh. else has an instance they want to send us, that's totally fine too. I'll read it. It's great. I mean, yeah, we could, you know, in, in our extended series of Bones coffee break episodes, I can talk about Burke and Hare Ooh. in Edinburgh. 
I'm not horribly familiar with that. But yeah, so that's that's the New Orleans story. It's a little a little shorter than the next one. Are you ready for the next one? Yes, this, I'm ready. This one involves TikTok. Okay. <laughs> Fair warning. Not 1912 then. No, okay. not 1912. This is this one's actually still ongoing. Damn. Okay. Um, it doesn't involve grave robbery, like active grave robbery. Right. Just past grave robbery. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But anyways, so I don't know. I feel this one's maybe a little less shocking, but I could be horribly wrong. I just want to start with in the United States, and I did look this up to verify. There's no federal regulation for ownership, sale, um, possession of human bones. There are some states that make it trickier. Oh, gods, I want to say it was Georgia is one of the states that you can't ship over state lines. And, like, if you were to move out of Georgia, you may not be able to legally take your bones with you. But besides little finicky Mm -hmm. laws like that, like, as long as the bones are already, like, just bones, not, like taking a body and you know turning it into an articulated skeleton here like we're talking like older bones as long as it's not active grave robbing just past grave robbing it's fine and uh so i also want to point out we we are not here to debate the legal standpoint of this we're more focused on the moral standpoint of this Mm -hmm. so specifically we're going to talk about john ferry or as known on tiktok john's bones Harry collects bones from uh, right. the recognition. <laughs> um, so Ferry collects bones from various places and then either keeps them for his personal collection or sells them to um, museum, osteologists, medical facilities, etc. He says he studies osteology in the medical bone trade. Osteology, to explain that to maybe people that don't know, Um, is the scientific study of the structure and function of the human skeleton. So Jerry's TikTok platform does use the bones to educate people about how bones are used in research, how anthropologists use jaw bones and like in the decay around the teeth to determine a person's age at death or basically how like the forearm bones move around each other when an arm moves. So he says that his primary interest for his TikTok is destigmatizing osteology and its taboo associations with death. Also claims that he wants to take all of these skeletons that exist already um, and he wants to reintroduce them to the field of medicine and like for their intended purposes. So like old collections that go up for auction as like the the collector wants to sell them or they pass away. However, uh, I I checked and I can literally go to his website right now and purchase them. So I don't know if he's defending himself with the idea that he wants them to go into back into the medical field for use. Like, I don't feel that's necessarily a valid point then. I don't know how you Mm. feel about that. It's it's not great. Yeah. (laughs) Yet again, I love human bones. We'll probably never own any because of issues surrounding how they were acquired so with that it's kind of the real issue that people have problems with or where the bones came from like one tiktok user asked him where he got his bones from and his answer was don't worry it's legal 
Right, that's what a serial killer would say. <laughs> right? I'm just like, uh, that didn't answer the question, but okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, oh, and I will include some links. Like, one of my places I checked for the legality of it is the CDC. And um, it's basically as long as the bones are purchased dry um, and otherwise taken care of, um, it's that's the kind of bones um, that are fine. Like, you can even get them shipped in the country besides, you know, those odd, like, it's only, like, I think three states that have, like, strange laws around it. Wow. What a line to draw. So, um, to go along with his answer of, like, it's legal, he'll also state the fact that, like, in the 1960s or, like, earlier, all medical students used to be required to own at least partial skeletons to study osteology because it's so important to medicine. It's like, yeah, it's important, but that was the past. I think, but also to give that, I think that explains why there are so many skeletons available. But yeah, still not personally concerned with the legality or other excuses around that. I'm still very concerned with the morality of the situation. And um, that seems to be what most people's concern is when they're trying to talk to him about it. It's, you know, just because you're buying old bones from a seller doesn't make it ethical when they were potentially sourced via grave robbing and through other shady methods. Especially when grave robbing has such a racist history. Like, Mm -hmm. most grave robbers, like, they're throughout history, like, their first stop was the the people of color cemeteries. That's where they went to Mm -hmm. get their skeletons. In the U.S., anyways. So, like, there's a long storied history about, like, families' bodies being stolen out of their graves for, like... You know, you get it. Anyways, (laughs) on the note of, hey, it might be a little questionable for, like, the people these bones came from. He has been called out for having a picture of a a Asami medical skull that was on his website. And um, it has since been taken down from the website. So, like, the picture of the skull is not up, but there is a... TikTok video that I found of a Sami individual um, named the Northern Scald asking, like asking Fairy to return the Sami skull to the people so they can properly inter it and treat it with respect. I have not seen any outcome for that situation. I looked. I don't know what happened. It is possible he did return the skull to the people, but I, I still can't find anything about it. He is also, Ferry has also admitted that many of his bones come from places like China, India, Russia, and how they were likely from poor people sourced through um, body donation programs because they couldn't afford burial. Um, So, you know, people who had less power. That's the entire background. That's, I'm sure there's more that I didn't cover, but that's the questionable background. So... To the point where I'm going to eliminate the idea that these bones need to be used for medical purposes in a general sense. So, like, okay. besides the fact that um, he claims that he's trying to return them to the field of medicine and whatnot. So, um, because, you know, as I said, I can literally, like, anyone can go- that has a computer. I'm just a human with a computer. I can go to the website and purchase bones right now. Um... So I've taken a lot of medical classes. At one point in my life, I was going to school to become a nurse. I've studied in a lot of cadaver labs. 
It was amazing. I loved it. So these cadavers were from people locally to me. And this is a more common practice with medical facilities where you study. Um, but these people specifically signed up for this. I'm not sure how much you know about body donation, but in my area, there's like the people sign up for the program. And it's not just like you sign a piece of paper. It is extremely, it's a very thorough process to donate your body. Um, like the people, they yeah. know what they're donating their body for. It's not a mystery. Um, so they're studied for a specific period of time and then they're respectfully put to rest. Um, mm -hmm. So it's basically like the entire idea is informed consent is crucial to this process. Um, but also besides cadavers, we have medical grade replica skeletons that are amazing. So you have to wonder why these older bones that have very sketchy origins need to be kept, need to be kept instead of being respectfully interred. Anyways, my entire point is that there are far more ethical sources that are available to medical professionals today. I respect that he's wanting these bones to fill some of their intended purposes from when they were first obtained i and you know just as a non-medical professional like as i said i can go purchase them so i don't know how much of a point that like how if he really has a leg to stand on with that point my entire perspective on this is to as far as is reasonably possible the body the person has to give informed consent and if you don't really know the origins of that, of those bones, there's no way to determine if, you know, these obviously have been robbed or, you know, the person has, you know, at some point in the timeline given informed consent to use their body as for medical studies, medical purposes. I also feel a bit of a hypocrite as well because I don't have human bones, just getting that out there, but one of my favourite kind of like medical, I don't want to say heroes, was... um. Andreas Vesalius in the 16th century where he grave robbed human bones <laughs> to study them. It's not all down to him but a lot of what we know about the human skeleton uh, and the drawings that were done of his studies really comes down to yeah. Vesalius. Okay, we can agree that studying actual bodies is important for the field of medicine. Yes. And back then, they had a lot of laws that would prevent that from happening. So I'm, I'm not like, oh, he gets a total, like, he gets a green card, like, you know, go for it, bro. But it's like, I get why he did it. And he really did help advance mm -hmm. the field of medicine. So it's, it's maybe one of yeah. those, like, the ends just, like, the means justified the ends. Is that it? Something yeah. like that, yeah. Past grave robbing. People have been shitty for a long time. Note where it's like, yeah, like they went to the people of color graveyard. And it's like, oh, oh no. We should put those back. Like, mm -hmm. I understand that the human body needed to be studied and like 
I feel we should move forward because that is no longer like getting human remains to study is no longer a massive issue. So I feel mm -hmm. we should take the knowledge we got from these not so great practices. We should move forward and we should, we, sh I, you know what? I don't know. It's I'm trying to find eloquent words and it's not happening, but it's like, I feel like <laughs> we should move forward and um, we should, these older skeletons that are, likely people of color but also just poor people and also people who didn't consent to having their body studied like this we should inter them appropriately and just try to be respectful if you're going to leave your body for medical purposes uh maybe do like a set time period and then because then your body will yeah. actually go go to I rest mean, as honestly were. like with my body like i'd be fine if i my skeleton was put up in a museum Yes, just pose yeah, me really well. I'm awesome fine way. with that. However, <laughs> I consent to that. A lot of people won't. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I think we've been talking for a while. I don't know if we have time to do your happy story. I can do Paris. Yes. Short and sweet. All right. Okay. So, um, now that we've talked about <laughs> all of these not so great things let's end on a happy note and listen to sif tell us about her adventures in the paris catacombs i would say it's a happy it's note <laughs> less sad paris catacombs um they were established on the back of an effort to reduce public health problems tied to poor graveyard organization in the 18th century the graveyards back then were overflowing poorly kept the smell of decay was overwhelming for those that lived near the worst of these cemeteries the underground catacombs were seen as a solution, and today house some six million people in what was Paris's ancient stone quarries. As such, it acts as a rather morbid record of the history of its people, with the oldest remains being over a thousand years old. As you pass into the catacombs, an inscription reads, Stop, this is the empire of death. Though the catacombs have about two miles of tunnels, a little over a mile is open to visitors. Ultimately, it's a fascinating reminder of the bones that cities are built on, the vast history of them, the people that wandered the streets and helped create the metropolises we see today. The vast majority of the remains housed in the catacombs are unnamed and stacked on top of each other. Schools on schools, femurs on femurs. It's haunting, profound and beautiful. It's also interesting these catacombs are underground and hidden, reflecting the way that many Western cultures view death something secret and to be kept below ground, out of the sun and in darkness. As beautiful as it is, there's also the hell-worshipping part of me that feels conflicted at the haphazard nature in which some of the bones are housed in these catacombs. It rides the line between spectacle and logistical efficiency. To solve a problem quickly, little regard for the individuality of the remains. Many had grave markers when they were in the graveyards, but they were pushed aside in the rush for normality. The other part of me sees the catacombs as a holistic whole, the stark reality of death laid bare and unflinching. There's also a part of me that finds the mostly unmarked graves fitting. There's little differentiating the rich and the poor. They are all equal down in the tunnels under Paris. It is a beautiful place that isn't for everyone. I want to go <laughs> so bad. It's cold down there as well. I, I'm in absolutely two minds about it because, as I've said, it was beautiful in how morbid it is 
and how unflinching it is and how many bones are down there and how many people are represented in those bones and how they're hidden underground and also the aspect of not really treated with a lot of respect because this was seen as a well not a stopgap because it was seen as a permanent solution but it was a we've got to do something about this now just weren't bodies washing up out of graves too yeah yeah they were and i think part of maybe like a tavern or something uh part of their like cellar or basement wall collapsed and basically bodies just flooded in and it wasn't great (laughs) the understatement of the year it wasn't great that there were bodies flooding into basements it was a lot of them are plague victims as well so these are really old old bones um and you know, as a worshipper of hell, I think it's a beautiful place, but obviously a part of me would want to individually kind of give them like proper burial rites <laughs> and not have like just a wall of schools as amazing as it looks, you know. I don't know, maybe we can brainstorm ideas later, but it's like, yeah, I understand where it's like they're not really treated with a lot of respect and that's a problem. And I wish there was more of a way to make that happen. Um, and now I'm thinking of the movie As Above, So Below. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite movies. <laughs> Anyways, with that, I feel we've been going for a while. So we should probably bring this to an end, unless you had more for the, your catacombs. They're really awesome, and I appreciate them. And as like history, it's invaluable. But if we wanted to give those bones like a proper resting... I mean, this is the thing. Are they in a proper resting place? Because I know that some people would argue that, you know, the catacombs are... Yeah, a great resting place. But like, I guess okay. I've never been into the catacombs myself. I I do feel that like I mean it is a resting place of sorts. I don't. I am not horribly familiar with the um, burial practices of France, but yeah, where it's like it is a resting place of sorts. I don't know. That's probably definitely not what those people expected to have happened to their bodies. And I feel the only like with that sheer volume. I feel the only way would be to, like, fill it in. And I say fill it in because, like, even if you just close them off, like, because even in the closed portions of the catacombs, I know people get in there. So it's like, I feel like either Mm -hmm. it would be filling it in completely or, like, you would, the only other way would just be keeping people looking through it to, you know, make sure that no one's, like, vandalizing it. Yeah, I guess... The idea of opening it up to the public is in itself a sort of like honorary right, in a sense, as in these people aren't being forgotten. In a way, it could be seen as like ancestor veneration. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, as always, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate the support and really so happy that you're all listening to us and enjoying it. Don't forget to like and subscribe and remember, keep heathenry weird. We did it. Okay.